Time now for Kings Talk. Oh, it's squirted between the pads. Where you, the listeners, call in with your comments and questions after every Kings game. Tell us what's on your mind. Call us at 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. We'll also take a look at the stars of the game, game highlights, and the out-of-town scoreboard. It's time for Kings Talk, right here on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back. Oh, am I not close? There we go. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk, coming to you live from Kings headquarters at Toyota Sports Performance Center in El Segundo, California. The final score from American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas, your LA Kings 1, the Dallas Stars 5. Uh, we're taking your questions and comments about the game, the team, and anything else on your mind. Call 877-KINGS-20. That's 877 877- Kings 20, and I do encourage you to call in uh, with any questions you may have uh, or comments, like I said, about the game, the team, the road trip, whatever it is you want. This is your post-game show, 877-KINGS20. That's 877-KINGS20. Looking at the three stars of the game from Dallas, Rupe Hintz is the third star of the game, a goal and an assist, two points, a plus two in 15 minutes and five seconds of ice time. Second star from the Dallas Stars, Wyatt Johnson. Wyatt Johnson also with a goal and an assist, two points, a plus two in 15 minutes and 59 seconds. And the number one star of the game for the Dallas Stars, no surprise here, Jake Ottinger stopping 32 of 33 shots for a 970 save percentage. The only goal of the game coming in the second period, or excuse me, the only goal of the game against Jake Ottinger coming in the second period off the stick of Drew Doughty on the power play from Phil Deneau and Adrian Kempe. The Kings wrap up the longest road trip of the season, uh, one, three, and, or excuse me, one, two, no, yeah, one, three, and two, pardon me, um, on the road trip losses to the Washington Capitals, Detroit Red Wings, and Dallas Stars, overtime losses to Tampa and Florida by mirror three to two scores. The lone win of the road trip coming last night in Carolina against the Carolina Hurricanes, a 5-2 win. Now, tonight's game, um, I won't call it uh, a scheduled loss, but back-to-back games at the end of a six-game road trip. Um, In different cities, the third game in four nights, this game was, uh, at least in my mind, always going to be very difficult. Um, I said at the outset of the game that I would be happy in this scenario with a point taking the game to overtime, and I felt in that second period that the Kings might threaten to do just that after a two-goal first period from Dallas. The Kings uh, came back, scored very quickly in the second period to make it 2-1. to one. For your LA Kings, Dallas scoring three goals in the third period, including a shorthanded goal. Um, to uh, make the score five to one, that shorthanded goal coming from Sam Steele, assisted by Radic Fox, about halfway through the third period. Uh, a tough third period to watch. Uh, Jody from Arizona, are you with us? Hello, Jesse. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Not doing so great, Jody. How are you doing? <laughs> um, cautiously optimistic that we can get out of this funk. It's tough being a Kings fan right now. <laughs> Especially in enemy territory. Yeah, it was a rough road trip. Oh, yeah. But I try to look at the bright side. They were in most of the games except Detroit and tonight. And in the second period, I thought we had a chance to tie it up. Couldn't uh, capitalize they, on 
They definitely right. did. They looked good in the second period. And uh, if we wanted to take the most optimistic interpretation of the third period, I think you can simply um, explain it by saying the Kings were probably tired in that third period. Yeah. Uh, back-to-back games, like I said, especially on the road when you have to travel immediately following a win that no doubt took uh, a lot of emotion and effort to come away with. Then, yes, uh, after pressing in the second um, it, it it's disappointing, but it did feel to me like once that that uh, second goal that Dallas scored in the third period, it sort of felt like that sapped the life out of the Kings. Although looking at the the game flow, um, the Kings with a number of shot attempts as the game continued, they didn't completely collapse. They didn't run away and go run away and hide. As soon as Dallas scored that third goal, um, it was all Kings for the second half of the third period. Unfortunately, too too steep a hill to climb for the LA Kings. Yeah, and I think we need to send Jared out, Anderson Dolan down. I think he's just a waste of lost run. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Jody. If you were to uh, to send Jared Anderson Dolan to Ontario, what would uh, what would the accompanying moves be? I mean, Samuel Fogamo was recalled today, assigned back to Ontario later in the evening. I imagine that him being sent back will just be a paper transaction. I imagine he'll be back with the Kings again, with the news during the game, Todd McClellan saying he didn't think that Blake Lazat would be back um, until the end of the month. So what would what would you do then um, to fill that ro- that spot on the roster? Well, I know Turcotte was injured, but I hear he's coming back, so I don't know. He is currently know. playing tonight for the Ontario Reign uh, on a line with uh, Tyler Madden and, uh, and uh, well, I'm blanking on Ward's name, apologies, um, um, Taylor Ward. Um, so he is... Yeah. He's healthy and playing. That is a move they could make. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I would be excited for them to come home, but we know what their home streak is like too. Oh well, you know, life of fan. Well, Jody, I appreciate you calling in. If they're going to turn this uh, streak of uh, losing hockey around, they're going to have to start winning at some point, home or on the road. Mike from Pasadena, thanks for holding. Are you still with us, Mike? Yeah, I'm still here. How you doing tonight, Mike? I am not sweating this loss, man. Like, that was a tough third period, but we knew we were going to be a little gassed, especially with uh, all that effort expended in that amazing second. Uh, Audie got the better of us in the second period, but Grunstrom played like a man on fire. I feel like Grunstrom has really stepped up these last few games, and it looks like the spark plug that Lazat usually plays on the team. You know, it's interesting. They they switched the lineups and the D pairs around uh, during the course of the game. Carl Grundstrom started, uh, well, gosh, I think he started on the um, fourth line. Um, actually, I think he spent the whole game on the fourth line, come to think of it. I'm, I've got that backwards. Kaliev was the one uh, who moved up. Jared Anderson Dolan moved down. But, yeah, look, that fourth line um, is not just Blake Lazat and whoever plays with him. You're right. Those two uh, line mates of his can definitely get things going. And uh, Carl Grunstrom scored seven goals in, I believe, the first 20-something games of the season. Um, It would be very nice for him to get back on that hot streak. Absolutely. And Laffey was hunting tonight. He was really up forward, shooting north-south, going to the net. I love to see that out of the kid. And I think that uh, we get a solid, you know, second winger on that line. If it's Fagamo, if he comes in and plays with us at home on Thursday, that'd be great to see. Or if it's uh, Grunning moving up and they put in uh, uh, Faggy and uh, and Callie down there with Bluey, I think we'll be all right. I just we're a little out of gas. Kopi's tired. He got beat up a little bit in that second. 
And uh, we're, we're, we'll get some rest tomorrow and hopefully bounce back with a ferocity on Thursday. Tomorrow is a day off for the team. Um, not 100% sure of their travel schedule. They might be coming home immediately tonight after the game. Perhaps tomorrow might be a travel day. But either way, no practice. They will get uh, a day to rest those legs. Like you said, Mike, uh, a long trip, six-game road trip, the longest road trip of the season for your L.A. Kings. They are no doubt uh, tuckered out after Three games in four nights, six games uh, on this road trip, and uh, we've reached the halfway mark. We've reached 41 games on the season, so this is it. This is the halfway mark. Robert from Glendale, are you with us, Robert? Uh, hi, Jesse. Yeah, I'm there. How are you doing tonight, Robert? I'm I'm doing well, doing well with the loss uh, notwithstanding. I think... Um, Kings, I don't know if you'd say they put themselves. I, I would say they put themselves behind the eight ball, um, getting down to a multi-goal deficit. Um, I think all the stuff the last caller was talking about just gets made a lot harder when uh, you go down early, give yourself more work to do. So um knew it was going to be difficult after that point. And, and like the last caller was saying, just not much left in the third. Yeah, you're right. Giving up two goals in the first period is not a great way to start a game. And I think they said during the telecast, the ESPN broadcast team did that it was the first time since October that the Kings have given up two goals in a first period. I went back and looked at the schedule and tried to sort out exactly when the last game was, but I I got distracted and I gave up. But certainly on October uh, 27th, I believe it was, perhaps 28th, um, October 27th, the Kings gave up two goals, uh, at least two goals in the first period, three goals in the first period, geez, four goals, whoa, to the uh, Arizona Coyotes back uh, on, uh, like I said, uh, October 27th. So if I'm not mistaken, I think that was the last time it happened, uh, if the ESPN broadcast team is to be believed. Uh, and then, yeah, that power play goal in the second period for the Kings was great, unfortunately, what we saw in the third period, whether you want to uh, explain it, suggesting that they were uh, exhausted, and I'm sure they were, but either way, some simple mistakes um, happened, and as soon as they did, the puck was in the back of the net for the Dallas Stars. Um, it was uh, it was a case of if you know anything that can go wrong will, and once something goes wrong, the opposition is scoring, which seems to be the trend uh, in the last. Well, I guess we're going on. Uh, Six weeks of play, five weeks of play for the LA Kings, and they've got to they've got to find a way to stop it. Um, you know, it, this was three games and four nights. It was the second game in a back to back, but this is the seventh set of back to back games the Kings have played, and uh, their record in the second game of those back to backs is not great. Uh, Robert, you said you wanted to talk about the net front front presence, and I have to say, during that first intermission and during the second intermission, I noticed. Uh, the Kings getting a ton of shots off in front of Dallas's net. Ottinger was just stopping every one of them. Yeah, yeah. I think the Kings offensively have done a, really, a, a much better job with the timing to the front of the net, and I think their goals that they did get yesterday kind of reflect that. What I wanted to point out was that I think the Stars, watching the Stars' goals against the Kings reminded me of the Kings' goals against uh, the Hurricanes yesterday. Um, and so it just seemed interesting that, you know, the Stars were getting to the pucks offensively at the front of the net before the Kings' defense, which is kind of how the Kings have been scoring on other teams. Um, and it made me wonder if the Kings could kind of look at their own offense in terms of the in-game adjustments today against the Stars that they could have made. 
Well, that's an interesting observation, Robert. I'm sure the coaching staff is looking at all angles, um, and I certainly uh, I, I, I think there's something to what you're talking about there. I appreciate you calling in. Um, I looked up a stat. I mentioned it during the pregame. I'll bring it up here for anybody who wasn't listening. Uh, the previous three wins for the LA Kings have come with the LA Kings scoring five goals in those games. 5-2 win versus the Carolina Hurricanes last night. A 5-1 win versus the San Jose Sharks back on December 27th. And a 5-3 win versus the Calgary Flames also in December. That was that previous game uh, just before the Sharks game on December 23rd. So Christmas sandwiched by two wins where the Kings scored five goals. The last time the Kings have won by scoring fewer than four goals in regulation uh, was November 16th when they defeated the Florida Panthers 2-1. to um, No, excuse me, it was December 16th against the Kraken when they scored just two goals in regulation. Prior to that game, the previous time the Kings had picked up a win scoring fewer than four goals in regulation was November 16th when they defeated the Florida Panthers 2-1. to So once it got to be 3-1 to um, tonight against the Stars, I my mind drifted back to that stat, and I thought to myself, well, shoot. We haven't won a game uh, in a long time without scoring four or five goals. And uh, on the season in general, the Kings have won 21 times. 18 of those games have come when they scored four goals or more. And uh, one of the games where they scored four or more was an overtime loss to the Carolina Hurricanes in game two of the season. They're 18-0-1 when scoring four or more goals, which uh, if you do the math, on uh, the season suggests that they are well now i got to look up what their actual standings are but uh three wins um when scoring fewer than uh four goals which is not a tremendous ra- track record and todd mcclellan has said many times including earlier this season and many times last season that they're gonna have to learn how to win those games when they're not scoring four or five goals thus far into the season that seems to be uh, a point of difficulty for the la kings so I don't know uh, what the solution to that is because, listen, Cam Talbot is an all-star, and I don't think you can point to a single D pair and say that one of the three defensive pairs has done a poor job. They're plus 26 uh, goal differential on the season, so defense is hardly um, something to hold up as being a problem. They lead, or they don't lead, but they're very close to the lead in most categories defensively, whether it is uh, shot attempts against, shots against, expected goals against, what have you. But 21 12 and 8, or rather 21, 13 and 8 now after. No, no, sorry, I have that wrong. 21, 12 and 8 after tonight, which means in games where they do not score four goals or more, they are 3, 12 and 7. Um, that is, um, that's problematic because most games you're not going to score four or more goals. Um, we are going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll dive into some numbers from the game. You're listening to King's Talk on the LA Kings Audio Network here on iHeartRadio. This is King's Talk, your post-game reaction to LA Kings hockey. Call 877-KINGS-20 on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk. I'm coming to you live from Kings headquarters at Toyota Sports Performance Center in El Segundo, California. Final score from American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. Your LA Kings 1, the Dallas Stars 5. Taking your questions and comments about the game, the team, and anything else on your mind, call 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. If you don't call in, we won't hear from you, I guess is uh, the simplest way to put it. 
Uh, in the last uh, segment, I ran, rattled off some numbers about uh, games when the Kings are scoring four or five goals. But I wanted to take uh, a positive pass at some numbers as well. I read these during the pregame show also. After 40 games, uh, this is not going to be reflecting uh, tonight's loss, but after 40 games, the Kings were seventh in regulation wins with 19, third fewest losses in regulation with 11, and uh, had 10 games go to overtime, a 2-8 and eight record in those games, uh, unfortunately. They're fifth in overtime losses with eight, fourth uh, is at fourth is excuse me four i've jumbled this all up fourth through second are all tied with nine and uh, first place in the league with overtime losses is these are bad uh spaces by the way is 10 the team with the most overtime losses is 10 the kings at fifth with eight um so the Kings are not uh, great in one-goal games, and unfortunately, most games in the National Hockey League tend to be one-goal games or at least very close games. So uh, that is something the Kings will also have to improve in. But I mentioned earlier, when they score four or five goals, their record is tremendous. When they fail to score at least four goals, their record is nowhere near as good. In fact, I would go so far as to say that it is um, bad. They need to tighten that up. But the amount of games that they play in where they are blown out is incredibly low. They are in a number of these games. And you can view that as a positive or a negative if you want. I'm certainly not going to uh, tilt it either way. It's just a statement of fact that this team plays a lot of games very closely. And unfortunately, their record in overtime, 2-8, and 1-4 in overtime, and 1-4 and four in uh, the shootout, is not a fantastic record. Uh, how you can improve that? Well, I don't know, frankly. Um, before tonight at uh, the 40-game mark uh, versus current playoff teams, uh, again, I didn't double-check these numbers, but I believe their record was 4-4-6 four, four, and six, and against current non-playoff teams, 17-7-2. and two. So doing the job and scoring a lot of those goals, those four or five goal games coming against weaker competition, which is exactly what you'd like to see. Against tougher competition, we're getting a lot more close games, and uh, that record is a lot tighter, 4-4-6. Four, four, and six. Again, they're not getting dummied. They're not getting beaten up. Um, but uh, their record against the cream of the crop in the league is not as dominant as their record against the bottom feeders. Max from Huntington Beach, how are you doing tonight, Max? Oh, uh, I've done better as far as the Kings go, but <laughs> sure. uh, all in all, I can't complain. What can we do for you tonight, so, Max? Anyhow, well, hey, I just wanted to kind of talk about uh, about the coaching. I think it's been an uh, abysmal failure. You just mentioned uh, how many games the, the Kings have been in that have been close games. In that scenario, when you give up that goal late in the game, it's kind of coaching 101 to just call your timeout. Get the guys over, regroup, give them a little pep talk, see what happens, right? It's, it happens. You see it all the time. It's coaching 101. But on this road trip, he had not called uh, nary a timeout. Zero. There was plenty of times he should have called a timeout, regrouped. He did not. Team went on to lose. Even tonight, let's look at this. Long, hard, brutal road trip, correct? Right? We're in agreement there, Jesse? Yes, it was not a very good road trip. Thank you. So, last night of the road trip, if they win, I believe they actually go 500 because then they would be, what, 2-2-2? Two, 2-2-2, two and, two, two, right? two and two. that's correct, win. yeah. So guy has a chance to make a horrible road trip a 500 road trip salvage a little tiny something 
clearly back-to-back games. Clearly it's hard. Clearly they're tired. Kobe probably has a hand injury. Once they go up 3-1, to one, the fact that he just rolls with it and does not call a timeout, it borders on coaching malpractice. In my opinion, they should fire him right now. He's shown he can't beat the Oilers. If they play the Oilers in the playoff, there's no way he's going to beat them. He hasn't done it two years. What makes us think he's going to do it now? And at this, uh, at this rate, Jesse, I just have no confidence in the coach. I think that's where I would start. And at the end of the season, if they miss the playoffs uh, or another first-round exit, he should be fired. Blake should probably be fired as well. I know it's harsh, but it's my opinion, and I think uh, the evidence backs uh, my certain. You might not agree with it, but it's a valid opinion that I think a lot of longtime Kings fans would probably agree with. Well, Max, I'll simply say this: um, for better or for worse, the the style of coaching that you are looking for is simply not Todd McClellan's style of coaching. Um, he does not use his timeouts in the way that I know a lot of fans um, are certainly looking for him to do so, and he is definitely um, a coach who relies on the notion that uh, the players know what they're meant to do, the players know the system that they're expected to play. Um, and yeah, there's not a lot of deviation from the system. That is uh, that is definitely Todd McClellan's MO. We've seen it uh, all five years that he's been here. We've heard it from him in uh, post-game comments and uh, post-practice comments. And whether or not uh, fans believe that that is the right course, all I can do is point to the overall record, 21-12-8, which is a 6-10 save percentage, and point to the fact that Todd McClellan has made the playoffs uh, twice in the previous four seasons, despite taking over a team that had completely gone off the rails in the 2018-19 season. But Max, I, I hear and understand everything you're saying. I understand that fans are frustrated. And listen, tonight was um, particularly disappointing given the big win last night, given the optimism heading into it. And uh, you want to make sure as a fan that, that, that last night's win against Carolina was not uh, a dead cat bounce type of game. But Max, I appreciate you calling in. I appreciate how much you care about the Kings. And uh, again, just uh, appreciate everybody for being Kings fans through good and bad. Miguel from Oklahoma City. How are you doing tonight, Miguel? I am good. I am uh, driving back from class. Uh, So um, long-term suffering Kings fan. The question becomes, I was listening to the mayor and DB earlier in the week, the opinion of, at least I'll put it in my words, is there a panic button in the horizon? And what does that look like? I know the easy answer for most teams would be without the coach. Uh, I, I'm not saying that's the answer, but at what point, you know, with Edmonton coming on strong, uh, the Kraken coming on strong, at what point, if this continues, for the Kings, do you does the panic button start being pulled out somewhere? Miguel, I'm I'm going to uh, answer your question, but I don't know if I'll be able to come back to you because it sounds like the connection is a little weak, or, or I don't know if it's because you're calling from Oklahoma City or whatnot. But I'll answer the question about the panic button the way that I feel about it. Um, I think that in most things in life, you know what? I'm going to back up. I'm going to start over with a, with a pretty terrible analogy. Um, actually, you know what? I think it's a great analogy, but if you don't agree with me, apologies. So when I was a kid, I took sailing lessons. 
And one of the things that they taught us about sailing, we sailed, we started in these very small boats, sometimes one person boat, sometimes two person boat. And so each person was responsible for steering the boat with the rudder in the back, but also maintaining the jibs, controlling the sails, reading the wind, figuring out where you were going. And when you were working the rudder, the thing that they always said was don't make wild adjustments on the rudder because there is a delay between what you do with the rudder under the boat in the water and how the boat will react to what you do. And so if you were getting pitched around or if you were thinking you were going off course a little bit, they said, don't, whatever you do, don't jerk the rudder in one direction because you're likely to overcompensate. And then the boat now is fishtailing, you know, it's the same thing if you're driving with a, a tractor or a trailer behind you. You don't want to make swift motions um, because that all that weight behind you, there will be a delay wh- how quickly you uh, you move. That's not to say that you shouldn't make changes when you see something going wrong, but slamming a panic button and making a drastic move, um, I think sometimes can make things worse. What you want to be able to do is anticipate what's happening, make subtle changes uh, when you see things going wrong, and hopefully you're making the right changes. Now, I hope that that's not perceived as me saying that nothing should change and that everything is fine and that I'm not at all concerned by the Kings' uh, stretch of play. They're 1-5-4 and four in their last 10. Meanwhile, Seattle is 8-2, and two. Edmonton is 10-0, and oh, and Seattle and Edmonton are three points back of the Kings. Now tonight, if I look at the scoreboards, uh, I think Seattle lost. Yes, they did to the New York Rangers. And last I checked, Edmonton was losing to Toronto. Nope, they've tied it up. It's two to two Edmonton and Toronto with 17 minutes left in the third. So Edmonton still could be continuing to climb ever closer to the Kings, depending on how tonight's game goes. But the point is, There are teams breathing down the Kings' necks that were previously far, far behind them in the standings, and I am not suggesting that that the Kings' organization shouldn't see that and shouldn't be concerned. I'm only responding to the semantic notion of a panic button because what you don't want to do is hit a panic button, flush everything, shift everything too much, and then not only does it not work, but it, it might theoretically make things worse. So, um, you know, I mentioned it in a previous call a few days ago when somebody called in and uh, and uh, we got a, one of them from tonight. But when people call for a, a coach or a GM to be fired or a player to be traded, uh, the question I always have is what is the contingency plan? What is the replacement? Because things can always get worse. And uh, just because things are bad or not going the right way right now doesn't mean that they will continue on in that direction forever. And so, um, Miguel, to your specific question, when do we hit the panic button? Um, I don't believe in hitting the panic button. I believe in nuanced, meticulous changes uh, that you have to make based on very specific observations. And uh, unfortunately, if you're having a conversation about hitting the panic button, from my experience, generally speaking, um, it's too late. And I don't mean having the conversation we're having today about when when is the right time to hit the panic button. I mean when you start having the conversation of it is now time to hit the panic button. If you are hitting a panic button in uh, whatever it is you're doing, unless you work in a nuclear facility where the panic button flushes all of the <laughs> dangerous material away from you instantly in an emergency, if you're hitting a panic button, um, it's probably too late. You have probably missed the point of being able to make 
um, subtle adjustments that may actually help you in the long term. Because I know we all want this season to turn around. I know we want the team to do well right now. We want this losing streak to turn into a winning streak. We want uh, the home record to be better than 500. We want uh, road trips of six games to be more than just uh, you know four points out of a possible 12. But we also want the Kings to be good next season and the season after that and the season after that and the season after that. Um, we want the Kings to make decisions that can help them in the short term without um, sacrificing the long term. That was uh, where the franchise has traditionally gotten itself in trouble over the course of its existence over more than 50 years is trying to fix right now at the expense of tomorrow and the day after tomorrow. Uh, and so on and so forth. So appreciate the call, Miguel, um, and appreciate the call, Max. I know both of you uh, less than rosy visions of what's going on in Kingsland right now, but uh, appreciate Kings fans who pay attention and uh, can have an interesting conversation with me about it. We're going to take another break here, and when we come back, some final thoughts on the game and more of your calls. You're listening to Kings Talk on the LA Kings Audio Network here on iHeartRadio. This is Kings Talk, your post-game reaction to L.A. Kings hockey. Call 877-KINGS-20 on the L.A. Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk. Coming to you live from Kings headquarters at Toyota Sports Performance Center in El Segundo, California. Final score from American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. Your L.A. Kings won the Stars 5, taking your questions comments and uh, anything else on your mind 877 kings 20 that's 877 kings 20 want to look out to uh, abbotsford where the rain are up three to two over the canucks uh twelve fifty four remaining in the second period and uh, the ontario rain have got goals Coming from uh, Andre Lee, Tyler Madden, both, uh, excuse me, two goals from Andre Lee. First goal, uh, his third of the season from Kim Nuzianen and Hayden Hodgson. Second goal of the game for Ontario coming from Tyler Madden, assisted by Wyatt Wiley and Taylor Ward. And the third goal of the game, currently the game winner, should the score hold. Also from Andre Lee, a shorthanded goal. Nope, excuse me. Even as I'm speaking, uh, the Abbotsford Canucks scored to tie it up, according to uh, what I'm looking at here. So uh, it's a rough, rough night all the way uh, around for the... Uh, oh, no, wait, hold on. Uh, it is still 3-2. to two. Sorry, the thing I was looking at had a shot listed, even though I turned off shots. So still 3-2, to two, uh, Ontario over the... Uh, Abbotsford Canucks. Going back to uh, the LA Kings game against the Dallas Stars, Todd McClellan shuffled uh, the forward lines and the D pairs. Moore, Deneau, and Fiala played 11 minutes, 22 seconds. Kempe Kopitar Byfield played 9 minutes, 25 seconds. Kaliev jumped up in the middle of the game, though, wound up playing 7 minutes and 57 seconds with Dubois and Laferriere. While uh, Trevor Lewis, Anderson Dolan, and Carl Grunstrom played 6 minutes, 38 seconds together. Uh, Callie have spent three minutes, 36 seconds with Lewis and Grunstrom. I imagine Todd McClellan will be asked about that uh, move um, in when he speaks to the media in the postgame. If we can, we will bring that audio to you, although uh, not sure if it has been released publicly or not. Uh, Anderson Dolan, Dubois and Laferriere played three minutes, 29 seconds. So about five minutes into the game, uh, Todd McClellan shuffling the forward lines. Meanwhile, on the defensive side, 
Gavrikov and Roy played 12 minutes, 45 seconds. England and Dowdy played 9 minutes, 13 seconds. Uh, Anderson and Dowdy were broken up, so uh, I'm not sure whether or not it was because Todd McClellan didn't like the England and Clark pairing or didn't like the Anderson-Dowdy pairing. Either way, Anderson and Dowdy played 9 minutes and 1 second. England and Dowdy played 9 minutes and 13 seconds. And uh, Mikey Anderson and Brant Clark played 6 minutes, 37 seconds together after the first 3 minutes and 12 seconds uh, of England and Clark together as a pair. Gavrikov and Dowdy wound up skating 1 minute, 31 seconds together, but not a tremendous amount either way. So uh, Todd McClellan mixing things up on the last leg of a six-game road trip. Again, the longest road trip of the season for your LA Kings. Kings uh, do not uh, go 500 on the trip. They wind up 1, 3, and 2. Uh, so that is four possible points or four points out of a possible 12 rather, excuse me. Um, not a great trip. Um, you can, if you want point to the close games where the Kings were, uh, you know, very much in all of the games, but unfortunately at the end of the day, uh, a losing record on that trip going one, three and two paired with the games that they lost at the start of uh, the year back in 2024 and the final games, of 2023, the Kings won. What did I say? They were one, four, and five. One, five, and four in their last ten. Uh, that is not a strong record. The Kings gonna have to find a way to turn it around. They come back with a four-game home stretch now, uh, starting out against the Nashville Predators Thursday night at Crypto.com Arena. Then Saturday, the New York Rangers, uh, Jonathan Quick, and the New York Rangers return to Crypto.com Arena Monday night. Uh, January 22nd, the Kings take on the San Jose Sharks at Crypto.com Arena. And Wednesday, January 24th, they take on the Buffalo Sabres before heading out for a three-game road trip that leads into the NHL All-Star break. And that leads to the Kings bye week. The Kings then don't have another game until February 10th, a home game against the Edmonton Oilers. So the Kings have... Seven games uh, in January, four at home, three on the road before heading into the bye week and the all-star break. Uh, Hopefully the Kings can put together a win streak or at least a stretch of more wins than losses during those seven games, Uh, can stave off Edmonton and Seattle and maintain their spot in the top three in the Pacific Division. Um, I think we are going to get wrapping up here unless anybody wants to call in 877-KINGS-20. 877 Kings 20 again the only goal of the game coming from Drew Doughty in that second period on the power play um from Dano and Adrian Kempe this Kings special teams one power play goal one for four on the power play they prevented Dallas from scoring on their only power play of the game but the Kings gave up a shorthanded goal. Um, it was uh, didn't factor into the decision of the game. It wasn't the game winner. It was the fifth goal of the game for Dallas to make it 5-1. to one, But nonetheless, um, showing uh, that the Kings looked to have tired legs late in that third period. Uh, Dallas scores a shorthanded goal. Kings score a power play goal. So they sort of nullify each other in the net power play rating that the NHL keeps track of. And uh, ultimately, Kings lose five to one to the Dallas Stars. They outshoot them thirty-three to twenty-eight. Kings blocked fifteen shots. Dallas blocked twenty-two. Dallas credited with eleven giveaways. The Kings just six, and the Kings outhit by Dallas twenty-one to sixteen. That's going to do it for this edition of Kings Talk. The final score tonight from American Airlines Center. 
Your LA Kings won, the Dallas Stars 5. LA Kings hockey returns to iHeartRadio Thursday night when your LA Kings return home to take on the National Predators at Crypto.com Arena in downtown LA. Pre-game show begins at 6.30 p.m. Pacific, and Puck Drop is scheduled for 7 here on the LA Kings Audio Network. You've been listening to LA Kings Hockey. For Nick Nixon, Jim Fox, Daryl Evans, Zach Dooley, Carlin Bathe, Jody from Arizona, Mike from Pasadena, Robert from Glendale, Max from Huntington, and Miguel from Oklahoma City. And as always, our network producer, Jeff Cabot. I'm Jesse Cohen. Enjoy the rest of your night, Kings fans. We'll see you at home on Thursday. on the rebound. You've been listening to Kings Talk along the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Follow the Kings all season long wherever you are. Downloading. With the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Download the iHeart app for free. And join us next time for the excitement of LA Kings hockey.